0: Motherboard, proudly brought to you by Loopy Lou, Lidl's award-winning baby range. Hello, I'm Avril Flynn and you're very welcome to the Motherboard podcast. This podcast series features real parents talking about the beautiful but sometimes hard work of raising children in Ireland today. Before we get started, I want to let you know about this week's fantastic offer from our sponsor. So joining me in studio today is my most favourite panel. <laughs> we have Mama Four and Love Life and Little Ones blogger Laura Doyle. Mum of two, Tracy Quinn, who runs the Love of Living blog. And we have our special guest, Willow, who's here with us as well, just in case if you hear little baby noises. Um, And the fantastic Joanna Fortune, who's a child psychotherapist and also an author. So you're very, very welcome, ladies. Today we're talking about a very interesting topic. It's interesting for me because you guys all have slightly older children, so I'm really interested to hear what you think. But dealing with challenging behaviour, and I hate that term bad behaviour because... It's, I, I hate labelling little people when mm. a lot of the time it's not their fault. But displeasing, bad, whatever, you know, not particularly pleasant behaviour is 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 really, really overwhelming at times. And I suppose we want to re- reassure parents at home that it happens to everyone, no matter what your parenting style is, it can happen. But also we need to know how to deal with it, I suppose, in the correct way and in a more productive way. So coming to you first, Joanna, what what is bad or displeasing behavior what what happens with kids when they act out?
1: yeah I, I think you know for me there isn't difficult behavior there are children who have difficulty and there isn't bad behavior but there are children who are having experiences that are flooding them and they're not able to express them in another way and I don't want to sound like that's overtly permissive and that I say let everything go because absolutely not I think discipline is important but I think it should always aim to teach the behavior you want to see rather than punish behavior you don't want to see but what happens when a child under seven in particular, does not self-regulate their emotional states. They co-regulate in response to their parents or caregivers. So if your child, not if, let's be honest, when your child is losing it, if you lose it with them, they can't co-regulate rage with rage. So they will escalate further and further. But if you can stay, you won't stay really calm, you'd be a saint. But if you can stay somewhere in the middle, they have... A benchmark that they can then co-regulate down with. But so when a child is distressed, dysregulated, things have not gone their way, they're still trying to work out when this happens, I feel this way, when I feel this way, I act out this way. Mm That takes. Let's be honest. That can take some people their whole lives to work out. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it <laughs> out. You know, yeah. so for children it does. Like I always use the example of you know because it's so relatable. If you've a small child and they've got a box of Lego and they can't get the lid off the box, but they try and try and try and they're getting, you can see they're getting more frustrated. Oh, it won't come off. It won't. And then they throw the box of Legos across the room. If you come in and go, don't throw your toys because you threw your toys. Those Legos are going away for the day. They've learned nothing. They've mm-hmm. had a really distressing experience. They're frustrated and now you're mean they don't do cause and effect that you're behaving this way because of what I did whereas if you can come in and say oh my goodness that lid got stuck and you got so mad that you threw it across the room Mm -hmm. you're helping them understand I had a feeling and I responded because of that feeling you retrieve the box loosening the lid subtly on the way return it to them helping them Gain mastery over the task. Now try it. Oh, my goodness, you did it. Aren't you great? Get your Lego. Your aim as a parent is not that they feel punished, but that the moment passes quickly and that there has been learning in it. So children have a low frustration threshold. They flip their lids Mm -hmm. all the time. And when you Mm -hmm. flip your lid, your neocortex is offline, which means that logical reasoning part of your brain isn't available to you. So when we adults come in with our adult brains and say, Why would you do that? Haven't we talked about that before? Let's think about it together. That's the window open and the radiator on. It is not landing.
0: You've got to come in and do it rather than say it. So basically, if you go in and escalate it further, all you're doing is is not solving anything. Throwing fuel on the fire. So it literally is. You're part of the problem now. Okay, that's really, really interesting. So clear
2: now. And it's like, it's, it's amazing how while it's happening... All you do is instinctively react like a knee jerk reaction Mm. to the fact that, well, I'm already having a really stressful day and now I have to pick up 100 pieces of Lego. And
1: you, little person who I adore, have done this to me. You take it so personally. Because it's often by the time we react to our kids, by the time we go, stop it. And everyone does. Mea culpa, hand going up. Everyone, we're all human. So when you snap, it's rarely because of what they did. It's because of what Mm. got triggered in Mm -hmm. you. When they did it. Yeah. So no our, more room our reaction. In. I'm and already d- at capacity today. This is Another it. thing to do. So yeah. I just think it's about when you have those ruptures in your relationship with your kids and you will, you mm-hmm. will, you will stop it. Give yourself permission to get this wrong. It's about the quality of the repair. It's about saying, I'm sorry I shouted. Mm-hmm. I'm really mm-hmm. tired mm-hmm. and I lost my temper and I got loud or I got my feelings got so big they spilled out my mouth and yeah. they were really scary and I'm sorry. And then you're modelling for your child that it's okay for them, for their feelings to get too big and come and say, that got out of control. I'm sorry about that.
3: Yeah, I think if you can approach any kind of situation like that with a bit of empathy and a bit of understanding, it makes the whole situation Mm -hmm. a lot softer. You know, I think... I have to agree, Joanna, and I think that there I really believe that there is no such thing really as bad behavior, not with little ones. Now, I do have an almost 10 year old as well. So (laughs) him aside, that's a different thing. Yeah, kind of under under seven. Mm -hmm. I think they're just learning. And I think with the right guidance, difficult behavior can be changed into something that they're they're learning from, you know, and like you said there, that was a good example about the Lego like the child doesn't have the vocal ability to or mental ability to say this is so annoying I've been trying to open this lid for five minutes and it won't open and I want to play with my Lego but I just can't like can you help me they just don't have that you know some some husbands don't even have that yeah (laughs) yeah, very true yeah so how can you expect a a three-year-old to have that so that's what they do they 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 feel that kind of Um, anger and they just throw it.
1: Absolutely. And you don't discipline or please don't discipline under four-year-olds. They don't do cause and effect. Now, that doesn't mean you let everything go. You should come down to their level Please be mindful if you come down to the eye level of an angry three or four year old, you're at the perfect height for a punch. Hold those so hands. hold those hands mm-hmm. yeah. and, you know, sway them or rub them because rhythm and synchrony triggers those subsystems of the brain for emotional regulation. But I also think when you continue say no, we don't throw our toys yeah. and then you still holding that hand, bring them retrieve the toy sit with them open it get them back on track and always rule out hungry thirsty and tired Oh, well, yeah
3: that that's that always yeah, before that's you do definitely anything That's one of my things like and and even now more so with with my eldest because he kind of understands it a bit more but I like him to explore mind body feelings so does he have something on his mind is that what's making him act that way is it something in his body is he hungry is he thirsty is he unwell tired yes or his feelings you know how is he feeling is he feeling a bit sad about something that happened in school four days ago you know and yeah. i think that's a good gift to give them as well for their whole life yeah and actually
2: what you, you said laura really resonated with me about like you know sympathy and empathy and love really mm-hmm. and caregiving it doesn't stop um when it comes to challenging behavior it's not just about the beautiful you know helping your child not be afraid of something mm. or helping them when they're sick while you're in the thick of a tantrum your child is 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 expressing frustration and the love needs to still be there even though it's very difficult at the time to sort of channel it.
1: It's part of your caregiving role to help them understand it. But by the time they're acting out it's usually because their little love cup is running low and they need a top up and they're returning to you in this kind of unpleasant state. Children, they're coming in whinging, whining, vulnerable vulnerable. and they need us to welcome them in that unpleasant dysregulated state and organise their feelings with and for Mm -hmm. them keep them close until they're ready to go. Mm. Yeah, I'm all good. No yeah. better than a child to tell you when they're done with your hug. Get off me. But this- let me go.
0: I think we need to extend though that love and empathy to ourselves because mm. children know how and I know they don't know it, but they tend to flip the lid at the most inopportune times when somebody that you're not particularly fond of <laughs> as perfect children just <laughs> walks past. So I think we need to extend that love and empathy to ourselves in that sometimes if you don't react brilliantly, Afterwards, don't beat yourself up. Maybe just try better the next time. But like that, you know, as parents, we're all still learning. And I think when you're having a really, really tough time with your kids, and when the behaviour is really, really challenging, or when you've lots of children who are having challenging Mm behaviour at the same time, it's exhausting on top of exhausting. So, you know, I don't want it to be another kind of parent stick to beat ourselves. Absolutely. If you don't get it right this time. Then just kind of reflect yeah. and maybe try something. I think different. it's when you don't get it right, rather than if. I, I mean, we have to give ourselves
1: permission to make mistakes because then we can model for our children that you can get it wrong and you can make good out of it. And I also think that part of what stops us doing that is that we have a degree of shame when we've mm. gotten it wrong. Mm-hmm. We shout a at our kids. Of my th- parenting. And, yeah. But sometimes, if we can't get in touch with that vulnerability and own it and say, and again, it's not a judgment. There's always a reason for this. We can't say to our kids, I got that wrong, because we believe as the parent we should not be vulnerable. We should not get it wrong. We're supposed to know everything then we're trying to justify and say, well, I shouted because of you and you did this to me and you experience your child's behavior in quite concrete and literal terms. He's doing this to get a rise out of me. She's pushing my buttons. Yeah. That's not on the child. That's a projection mm. from us. Whereas if we can say, and I've been known to flip my own lid in a supermarket, <laughs> it's not my <laughs> best place. If you find me roaming around there, guys, it's because there isn't a cracker in my house <laughs> that I can make a meal up. But it's, an, uh, it's very bright. It's very noisy. It's got temperatures. Yeah. Yeah, it's got stimulus, got lots of things <laughs> you can pick up also, that you're not
3: to touch. And also mum is busy and, and not it's my full because, attention. But Very it's usually true. because you know? they've
1: they've run out of energy. Yeah. You've been bringing them around. Yes. They're done. Or they're
3: fine for the first kind of 15 minutes. And then they start to, in inverted commas, act up. And yeah. really all they want is your attention or they're bored, or, you know, something. You've logically. got to make
1: them part of the process. Absolutely. You've got to say, help me find the beans, count out the tomatoes. It yeah. doesn't matter if you mm. end up with seven instead of six. Good counting. Let's keep going keep this going and avoid mm-hmm. the crisp and biscuit aisle you yeah, know or, or i
3: find yeah. that the classic is you know if you bring a new baby home to the house which i've done three times yeah. and to my Lo- kids loves to do it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <love> it. <laughs> yeah it's one of my favorite pastimes but the children do act out or you know yes. act differently well it's a huge change to huge, the world, but it's a huge it? change to us as well but we have the words to Speak about it to our husbands, or speak about it to our friends, and, and say how we're feeling. They just don't. They they mm-hmm. can't say, you know, this is a little bit weird. Like I'm not getting your full attention anymore. I'm feeling quite vulnerable, and I need you to reassure me that we're okay and I that I'm if okay. 3 year old
0: did say that you'd be so freaked yeah. out, but by you know what I mean. Yeah. I know. Very advanced.
3: But instead, Very. they. know will act out or for your attention and I think when you kind of can really understand that it helps you approach a situation with a lot more understanding you know and I think that that's the biggest thing for me and Joanna as you said if I do shout or lose it which I rarely do to explain to them look mummy was you know feeling stressed or blah 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 And explain to them, you know, it wasn't right for mummy to shout because you can't tell them you can't shout, but I can shout, Mm -hmm. you know, or if you do something bold, I can do the exact same thing back to you, which is why, you know, personally, I don't like discipline. I don't hit my kids. I don't I just don't think that making them feel bad about something that they've kind of unconsciously done is is any benefit to anybody, you know. I think fighting fire with fire just doesn't work for me or my kids.
0: I think that's totally true. And I think one of the things that we've spoken about a lot on this podcast is positive role modeling, huge part of positive role modeling is when you mess up, you're able to yes. show, OK, yes. I've messed up, but, you know, the world hasn't yeah. ended. The sky hasn't fallen. Next time, we're just going to scratch this. Not yeah. a great day you know, and move on. And, and
3: children I'm, are so forgiving as well and, and so totally. understanding, you know, there's, there's nobody that will forgive you quicker than a child. Definitely, yeah. You know, and and, and they're so loving and, and I really feel like in a situation like that, a difficult situation, you can both really learn from it, you know, and then the next time it happens, it's a little bit less intense, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah
3: I, I, mean, do, I don't think discipline is a
1: bad thing. I think it's how we define and understand it. I think yes. if you can... Engage in creative and positive discipline if its focus is redirection and yeah. distraction and teaching and learning, because I do think children need and thrive on boundaries. Yeah, and sorry, and yeah, limit I should have setting. said that. Yeah,
3: like I obviously I, I have four children, so otherwise
1: I, it would be chaos, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
3: absolutely. But instead, and I mean, my my three girls are almost two, three, and four. Oh my goodness! So yeah. believe me, they kill each other, and and. Briar, my three-year-old, is a biter, so she often bites people. Mm. But instead of putting her on time out or smacking her or shouting at her, like that's never going to work. Ever. So we talk about it and she still does it again and we talk about it again and we explain why she can't do that. Or, you know, we re- I really and my husband just try and teach her why that's not and okay. And what to do. Wh- instead, what she could say instead. It's usually when somebody grabs a toy off, somebody else then there's just killings. It's so just it's a rea- more
0: it's reactionary. Totally.
3: And and I'm sure, Joanna, you will say that's just instinctual for a child. Oh, of course. You know? And, you know, I would
1: never suggest anyone time out a child in general, but actually an under seven year old because they are still co-regulating their emotional states. And in a time out, we're isolating them in their dysregulation and saying, you sit there and think about what you did process it and come to me and make repair mm, but they don't. showing that's me learning job. Yeah. but if they could do that that's what my goodness say, but developmentally incredible. they yeah. cannot mm-hmm. do that so they don't time, even know what they're thinking time about, in is yet. better but time in isn't again permissive time in still involves that you separate the child from the action whatever is going on mm. whatever they're doing and you stay with them I think one of the best ways to reset the brain when it's in that dysregulated state is to change a field of vision. So have them look out a window with you mm-hmm. and name five things mm-hmm. they can see, four mm-hmm. things they could hear, three things you could do, the five, four, three, two, one. You're getting in touch with their senses. You're co-regulating them back into that window of tolerance now you can think and talk yeah. about what happened, but I can't do that when I flip my yeah. lid. I have to get that lid back on yeah. first. Yeah,
3: and you'll find I think what works with each child. You know, and it's not the same even no, in the same family. No, and certainly some of my techniques don't work from from one child to the other. Briar, my biter, she she loses it and she like head back like straight as a plank, tantrum. And really the only thing that works for her is love. You know, if you approach her with anything Holding. else, it escalates. A hug, a kiss, some rocking, and she'll calm right down. But if if you come to it, like her siblings might shout at her, you know, if she's done something, and she will just get worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse. You know, and I think you'll find that with your children, what works and what doesn't. And Absolutely. I think what
2: you were saying, Joanne, about boundaries um, where it can be challenging for parents is when maybe the parents don't actually see eye to eye on mm. what's acceptable and what's not. Um, that's and this very is interesting, something, Tracy. Well, this is something that sort of threads my life. Um, my husband would be a lot more easygoing than I am. And we'd had quite different upbringings and, you know, different sort of um, levels of tolerance, shall we say. But my issue is that we... In a weird way, sort of see a different child every day because I'm there all day at home. I'm Mm -hmm. seeing, you know, I'm the one reminding them to go to the toilet and wash Mm -hmm. their hands, and I'm the one that's giving the meals and sort of tidy up and singing the cleanup song. And Mm -hmm. then daddy gets in from work, and you know, it's fun and games. It's fun and games. (laughs) And they're getting really, really hyper. They're tumbling around the living room. And I'm a bit of a killjoy because what I know it's leading to a kind of behavior where he gets overtired, overstimulated, and then bedtime's a nightmare. But actually, we don't particularly see eye to eye on our own boundaries. Mm. So
0: how are they meant to work when yeah. They're, yeah.
2: they're so different? So that can be an issue as well, I think. That's so true.
0: And I think one of the things that you have to do in any kind of partnership, but mm. certainly in parenting, is before the thing happens to work out how you might respond. Because if mm. I think one thing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Joanna, that will be totally disorganizing for a child is if you've two parents, approaching a situation totally differently. Yeah. So so there's boundaries set, but they're totally different. Absolutely. And so children how do you will you? learn so quickly to divide
1: and conquer. They will split <laughs> and they'll go, I yeah. get this. Thanks, guys, I and got it's it, it.
2: Quite toxic. Like, well, I what things, is like, ask your, end up, your daddy, he makes the rules. You and and fight with fighting. each other.
1: This is it. <laughs> and then he's going, well, I just got away with what I did because they're now acting out the tension. Absolutely. So it becomes like a hot potato you toss mm, back and forth. So getting definitely. onto the same page as much as you can, as you know, the core rules. This is a house where we don't shout or Mm. this is a house where we don't hit. You agree some, okay, yeah, common ground Mm. first. We're on the same page here. Here's where we're slightly out of sync. So what do we do about this? Mm -hmm. It would really help me if you could
3: do this. It would
1: really help me if you could, instead of saying you do, you don't, when you, moving the language from accusatory to collaborative I think is going to really help. And being help. a
2: team and sort of like, you know, supporting each other in those boundaries because overall it's going to lead to more family harmony at the end of the day. Everyone benefits from it. But they you just said it, like one problem has turned into two in, yeah. the, in the blink of an eye, you know.
3: And I think you need to stay on top of it because I know from experience it changes as the, the kids get older. So now I find in the last couple of years with our eldest, who's almost 10, he will go to me with stuff he knows I'll say yes. He'll go to his dad with mm-hmm, stuff that he, you know, like only yesterday I was out uh, in my cabin working and he came out and said, Mom, can I go on a screen? And I said, yeah, OK, because he hadn't been on one all day, but he had actually been in the house with his dad on a screen and he told him to get off it. That
2: so, is so smart. So I, I know,
3: but that's what I mean. But you need to stay, you know, in touch with your partner on, you know, what you your rules are going to be for stuff like that like he 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 wanted to walk to our local shop recently as well and he didn't say one word about it to his dad it was all to me and you know one of the evenings I said to my husband so what do you think about the shop and he was like what what are you talking about you know he didn't even mention it to his dad because he knew he would say no so it's smart kid well that's yeah that's and then like obviously you're trying to
2: as you said you want to collaborate as parents in terms of these things but like my husband had a different upbringing to me absolutely and Mm. therefore like He always says like I want to be first and foremost I want to be his friend And I love that But I'm like What that translates into Is actually a lack of boundaries A lack of discipline And ultimately doing him no favours So I end up getting the label Back to labels As the bad cop Because I'm always the one Coming down on him And you know Even my husband will say to me sometimes You know, not in front of the kid, although sometimes in front of the kid, you know, you're a little bit hard on him there. And I'm like, I don't think so, because I'm actually thinking about how that's going to affect his sleep. And then he's going to be in a really bad mood tomorrow. It's actually from a place of love. And sometimes in the moment, doing the thing that's sort of like um, the knee jerk reaction, being the fun parent or whatever might
1: be motivating you, actually might be damaging them Mm. in another way. The best pal you can be to your child is to put gentle yet firm boundaries in place straight from the horse's mouth. They won't thank you for it, but they'll thrive on it. Yeah.
0: And that's something that we'll be coming to in part two. Thanks so much. That was a great part one. One of the things that I do want to ask you all about, though, is when, you know, all kids act out. That's normal. But in part two, we'll be discussing when the warning signs that there's actually something else going on and what to do if that happens. Thank you so much. Welcome back to part two of the Motherboard podcast. So I suppose it's extremely important to support your child through negative or challenging behavior but one of the things I mentioned before we went to the break is I suppose to recognize when things are are becoming a bit more intense maybe there's something else underlying it. I know Tracy when Willow arrived Billy had I suppose a little bit of a wobble can you explain to me about that?
2: Yeah like it's funny everybody has has been saying to me since she came along how is Billy with her and I'm like he's amazing with her with us it's quite challenging. Um I mean, which would you pick? I probably would would rather it be this way because he adores his um sister. But he has been very confused. He knew he was getting a sibling. He's five. He understands, you know, the physicality of a baby. But he had us to himself for five years, which is huge. We also moved house. He's also starting school in September. And there's been a huge amount of change over the last couple of months. And I think for us, no matter how much we could prepare him for... This, it's not tangible until it's real in his little world. And it's just been a case of, I suppose, taking it day by day, um, mm-hmm. trying not to read too much into his behaviour and lab- labelling him as broken or, you know, he's never going to be our little lovely boy again. It's just been a difficult adjustment for all of us because. The whole dynamic of the family has changed overnight, quite literally overnight. Um, And also even the way Willow entered the world, it was a bit of a shock. She was born at home. He was in the front garden, oblivious to what was going on. But his first, um, what's the word? His first tangible um, moment was seeing me come out of the house on a stretcher with the baby on my chest and getting into an ambulance. Now, children associate ambulances with pain, with problems, with stress. And that was the way it started. And I don't think at the time I really realised, I suppose, how, what's the word? How much it would impact him. That's it. Mm. Because I thought, well, that's over now. We're fine. We're starting life as a family of four. Um, But actually, it was quite a a stressful start for him. And he was very, very upset when he saw me in the ambulance. He was crying. He was laughing. He was crying. He was, "Ah." he didn't know what was going on. Um, And I suppose I had to be extremely sensitive to that which was difficult um, when I was going through my own massive range of emotions after giving birth.
0: I think, though, the fact that you're so mindful about that shows how it's not going to ultimately be a problem because the fact (laughs) that you have such an awareness of why what is going on yeah. is going on is why well, I, you know I think you're just the most amazing mom. but why oh, you're managing it in such a healthy way letting him have mm-hmm. his kind of little meltdowns because that's mm-hmm. important too isn't it oh, Joel to allow kids to when, I mean there's several things going on that rocked his little world so it would it would be actually abnormal if that didn't have quite a large impact on yeah, him. Yeah,
1: and it's it's really interesting that there's that bit of him that loves his little sister and he oh, is he certainly her. not saying it's your fault, send mm-hmm. her back. But he's saying it's your fault, mom and dad, yeah. you did this to <laughs> me. That's it. And uh, there's a little bit like, yeah, this was a, a decision mum and dad made and it did change your world and it takes time to get used to that and all of our world has changed. And I think sometimes yeah. it's about... Showing him that if you stand in a circle of three and then you just open the circle to let Willow in, it's still a circle. No. You're all still in it, but the circle gets bigger. So he Mm -hmm. hasn't lost anything. The circle got bigger. He still has the same. And I think with children, especially when they're that age, they they are doers, not thinkers and talkers. They do their communication rather Mm -hmm. than sit down and say, so look at the way my sister entered the world was an added trauma on top of the overwhelming and perturbing experience that (laughs) this has had. He's, you know, I mean, that's But what he's doing in his behavior. Behavior is saying exactly mm-hmm. that this is a lot for me to get my head around we moved house huge experience I'm getting ready for school and I'm sure there's a narrative around him where everyone's saying oh big school big, big boy. boy absolutely and I, that's that's a lot for a little boy he's mm-hmm. still a little boy and he knows that I'm going to be going off to school but Willow gets to stay with my Mm -hmm. mom and she's going to get even more of her. And that's really difficult. And even
2: the breastfeeding thing, like he hasn't breastfed in three years. But his first question when we came home from the hospital was, why do babies only get to have that milk? And I said, well, it's a special milk that's just for babies. Um, And he said, oh, and once he understood it, he said, oh, I know that.
1: But he asked the question. Mm-hmm. And I um, think that, and it'd be good to tell him a little story, you know, when you were being brass fad, you used to make noises like this, or you made different noises to her. Your noises sounded like, because he won't have a conscious memory mm-hmm. of that. And it makes, it reminds him that everything he may semi-resent her getting he mm-hmm. got as well
2: yes and I think even in terms of um, we all experience well I think we all experience that sense of guilt when, when another child comes into the house because yeah. like that you are upheaving their world that for me in a, in a just a little anecdote it actually was a theme in my labour because like I was having a slow labour and I was constantly thinking about my son I didn't want him to wake up and see me in pain and I needed to know he was looked after and the minute he woke up in the morning and said good morning mammy I went from one to ten and she was born 40 minutes later. And it was like as if something instinctively said, he's safe, he's fine. We're ready to go now. That Mm. even in the throes of labor, I was thinking he's in his bed. I don't want to upset him. He's my baby, that it was still at the forefront of my brain. When I was coming home from the hospital, it was let's make sure he goes to bed at a normal time because I need to keep his routine. My Mm. husband was saying, it's day one, relax, he's okay. like we'll find our way. But the guilt is huge. And I think that would have affected the way I parented. And then he bounced off that as well, you know,
1: and he's just having a wobble and a wobble is something that you can get stable again from because he was stable and he'll get back there and it's perfectly normal six, eight, 10, even up to 12 weeks for other siblings to struggle with this Mm -hmm. until it becomes their new normal again yes
0: and that's the thing i mean wobbles are absolutely normal and in every childhood they go through them but laura when did you i know with one of your kids Hmm. you realized that it was more than a wobble that there was something else what were what happened to make you question what what is this behavior actually telling me
3: yeah like so as as we've all kind of said there usually is an underlining issue when there's a wobble or there's different behaviour. And, you know, that can range from thirst or tiredness or hunger. Um, but then I think when they get a little bit older, it can kind of change. Um, and our eldest, who, again, is almost 10, he started to kind of experience anxiety. And at the start, we kind of didn't think too much of it, just, you know, went along. And And then it became most of his world you know he his behavior became very different than it had been he, he's a very bubbly and outgoing child and he would become angry and quiet and upset and didn't want to go out or didn't want to go to school wouldn't go to activities that he usually enjoyed and I just I just felt in my gut that it was something more than just behavior and um, yeah it, it was anxiety for him and I think that's that's the the biggest thing my biggest advice is to really listen to your child and if you if you go to them with understanding then you'll find the underlining reason and it can all just be worked out we we took him then to see a play therapist and he's doing so much better now but I think his behavior could have been mistaken for just bold behavior he's just he's just a brat you know uh, as some people you know might think with their child but actually when you get down to the bottom of it he's a really lovely boy but he just was experiencing feelings that he didn't understand and he didn't know how to process and he didn't know he didn't even know that that he was anxious or he just knew that he got a pain in his tummy when he got to school and he didn't want to go to school but in fact he loved school you know and it, and it was just the anxiety that was having him feel that way and behave that way and um yeah he's great now so but I feel crossed. like
2: that that just kind of shows um how in tune you are with your children mm-hmm. because I think like that the first reaction can be, Oh, they're acting up or oh even though know they're pain, do you? I can I've heard that, like even in my own childhood. We've all we've all been there. Yeah. But I feel like you're even though you have four children, mm. I feel like from the very beginning you were always super aware mm. that this was kind of different, and I think, like Joanna, is that mm. is that something we can all learn from? Like, if there's a oh, sudden yeah. change in behavior,
1: definitely. And I would always be looking at, you know, is there a dietary change? Like, has their eating patterns, sleeping patterns, toileting patterns have they changed mm-hmm. or
0: regressed?
1: Or, you know, if, absolutely. You, if you get uh, you know get on yeah. something and then all of a sudden and back I think to, I'm, and one I've, of
3: them definitely did. And, and I'm that, listening that to you as well that, that his
1: his engagement with hobbies and activities Mm -hmm. and play things Mm -hmm. that he previously Mm -hmm. enjoyed Mm -hmm. doing he withdrew from so if the uh, if something is a challenging behavior and it's in the moment the moment passes and the behavior settles when it's something else it's not dependent on a row or a trigger it's simply there and it doesn't go and I mean look we all know if you're feeling you know, sad, sad is a healthy, normal emotion, a good cry, you'll generally feel a bit better after it. If it's something more than sadness, the cry doesn't give you relief. Yes. It's not a fog it does, that's does exactly. it's, it's an issue. And yeah. I think, you know, because, and again, in my book, I do talk about parenting through the uh-oh feelings, mm. parenting sensitive children who tend to mm-hmm. feel things at the too much level. But that's different to what you were talking mm. about because even at that, those symptoms will settle with your parenting shifts. When it doesn't, when it's pervasive, when it's affecting quality of life and when it lingers beyond a few weeks then you're, yeah. you're bringing your child to a professional yeah. who yeah. can help.
3: And, and we, like, for example, we brought the kids to Tato Park and he was so excited to go. And, you know, we, we brought his cousin and it was going to be a great day. And as soon as we got there, he had a meltdown. Yeah. He was crying, he hated Tato Park, he hated his cousin.
0: social anxiety, just, yes. you know, yeah. and, even and though
3: that, he's so excited, yeah.
0: even though he wants to be On there. On paper, and you yes. should be happy now, but and, and he's we, not. And we,
3: we got through it and we spoke to him and, you know, he he's good for deep breathing and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And he, he had a little break and everybody went and it's just very overwhelming for him. And, and I could easily say, you know, I'm a working mom. of four. I could just say, this is the last thing I need. You always do this to me. Like, this is so annoying. You're so selfish. But that's not the way I feel about it at all. I actually feel like he doesn't want to feel like that. You know, he yeah. wants to play in Tato Park with his friends and his cousin. Like, he, he definitely doesn't want to be crying in the gift shop because he doesn't want to go outside. So I think that the love and understanding really shows how how you can get through it and how if you just listen to your child, you know, everybody can have a more positive outcome.
2: And as an adult, anxiety is terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Like I I, I I have my own battles with anxiety and what I struggle with the most is the fact that it's not about a thing. Mm. It's an overwhelming mm-hmm. feeling of mm-hmm. dread that is like someone is coming at you with a shotgun and you're just trying to run away from it. But they're getting closer the, the faster you run. And as an adult, that's mm-hmm. terrifying. But imagine how
3: terrifying that is for a child. Yeah. Um, and like I said to him, you know, what is it about like Taito Park? What What is it that you feel anxious about? And he just said, I don't know. You know, and I think if you've never experienced, I, I experienced anxiety as a child, so I know exactly what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. But if you've never experienced that, it might be hard to relate to your child. But that's why, as you said, Joanna, you get a professional in because that's what they're trained to do. Like a, as parents, you're not a trained psychologist or, you know. Nor are you
1: supposed to be. Exactly.
3: So I think that's important as well. And and not to feel guilty if, if you have to get your child to play therapist or, you know, you do have to get, help from a professional well if, if he fell and he hurt
1: himself you would not think exactly. about bringing exactly. him to the doctor mm-hmm. or but i think at more you just
3: feel guilty i think yeah. guilt just comes with parenting of you know course. so i think you could easily feel guilty about that but i think you said something there when you said why
1: are, are you feeling this way and this applies to all behavior we're talking about when because we tend to say to our kids why are mm. you doing this why did mm. you behave why did you shout <laughs> And they say, "I don't know." We should, yeah. Yeah. we should believe them. We should believe them when they say, "I don't know." That's yeah. where you start, and you go, "Oh, that must be yes. so confusing, yeah. not or, to or know why say, you're behaving yeah. this way." But also,
3: they may say, "Because I want an ice cream," and then you can say, "Okay, well, after your lunch, maybe we could get an ice cream." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. so Sometimes they do have a minuscule little thing, or because or they they're want trying a jelly to give you something. Though they're also yeah. trying to say, "Well, yeah.
1: could it be the ice cream?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is it so, but I kind of wanted
3: a toy when you
1: think about a Tato Park or a someplace like that, and you've planned this lovely day and you really want it to go well and then you get there and one of your children Mm -hmm. has a meltdown Mm -hmm. or acts out you can easily go i planned this lovely day why aren't you having a lovely time but maybe it wasn't lovely from your child's point of view if they have that over and above stuff that we're talking about it's a bit like having the theme tune of jaws or psycho as your soundtrack Mm -hmm. so you're looking going isn't this lovely and they're looking around going threat Threat, yeah. threat, it's all going to go horribly wrong. And if I believe it's all going to go wrong, wouldn't it be better that it go wrong on my terms? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I will make it go mm-hmm. wrong. I will sabotage this trip and we'll have to go home where I can exhale and feel safe. That's anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have to separate out having an uh oh feeling or feeling anxious is not having an anxiety disorder, Mm -hmm. is not having a condition Mm -hmm. of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Feeling anxious is something we all have experience of. And that's part of growing up as well, is learning a resilience to deal with these big feelings so that they don't get out of control. But our little people need help with that. Mm -hmm. They don't just innately know it. We model it for them. We reflect it back to them. We teach them. But it's also why I am such a believer in boundaries, because I think the way our children develop a Felt safety, not just that the windows and doors are locked, but an inner felt safety is that we say we've got the big stuff covered. I will not let you get out of control.
3: Yeah. That that
0: security for them. I love in that you know the movie Inside Out. Mm. I think that sometimes can explain though Mm -hmm. that you have all these competing things, sadness, whatever going on in your brain, and sometimes
2: when you're joyful,
0: (laughs) sadness just goes in and presses the button, and you can't. As a child, children don't rationalise the way we do. They are the most mindful. So in a moment, they can literally just flip. And I suppose our job as their hopefully slightly more enlightened adults, are to question, is this just Mm -hmm. a moment or is there something more, you know, I suppose... El- something else going on. And if it is something else, then to seek out the support yeah, yeah. and, you know, of, a, of an expert, but also to, to seek out peer support as well of kind of going, OK, lo- what can I do about yeah. this? Because to label a little person as an anything yeah. other than a lovely little person, mm-hmm. is just so, you know, that child is bold. I hate, I yeah, can't no. bear to hear that. I don't think there's such a thing. Kids do bold stuff. Adults do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm you know we're not stupid or bold it's just the things that happen would you agree Joanna? oh yeah
1: i think some of our feelings get out of control i think if we help our children to talk about parts language that you have all of these parts in you your angry part your sad part your mm. playing nice with your sibling part frankly any part you really need to be in there in that moment mm-hmm. yes. and you can say i think your angry part has gotten really big i'm wondering what we can do mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. your happy part what would help your happy you're teaching them that they are not the They're angry not child in your that family much. Yeah. They're their a behavior. child who is mm-hmm. feeling anger yeah yes. and then they can begin to control it and there are lots of creative ways of doing that rather than sitting and talking it like you can have them lie on a big piece of you know art roll paper or I use wallpaper lining because it's cheap and it's thick and um, mm-hmm. have them line on that cut it draw around them with a marker so it's the outline of their body, give them lots of colours and say every feeling is a different colour. They get to decide and then they colour in their body where each feeling lives. It also tells us as parents and me as a professional as well, where do they store most of their feelings? Do they locate them all in their tummies, all in their heads? That's going to correlate to nausea or headaches Mm -hmm. or tiredness or concentration Mm -hmm. lapse and do they then see oh my goodness look at all those feelings I have I'm made up of lots of emotions and we're by doing rather than saying teaching them that you're a person who has lots of feelings. And
0: I Actually, think we that's, should do that as sorry, adults. I think that's what we I should do I was just going to say,
2: that is literally, <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to you and I feel like it's it's healing to just think mm. about emotions <laughs> in that way. Because it, they can overwhelm, overwhelm you. And I find if you're feeling particularly overwhelmed and then in that zone you experience challenge behaviour with your child... It can be very difficult not to take that behaviour very personally and feel that they're doing it at you. They're doing it to you. And it's interesting that you'd mention a a family day out because I don't think it's a coincidence that these things tend to happen on those days. Because I know personally, my behaviour, my energy is hyper, it's stressed, it's quick, it's out the door, it's Mm -hmm, why are things not mm -hmm. going to plan, it's... I'm a different parent on those days. So it's no wonder yeah. that they're the days where the behaviour is actually a little bit more challenging than other days. There's there's so much stimulation, you know. Do you know what
1: I'm a big fan of? And I have a, a little, little, like she's only two. But um, already she can say back to me, my feelings are so big because I it, you hear how often you must say things and they're said back to you. Mine are huge. But we were huge. having, we were having sorry, a testing afternoon, let's adorable, say. But um, yeah. I said to her, you know, I know what's happened here. We forgot to go outside today. She and I both need to get outdoors every day, regardless of weather or it all goes Mm -hmm. wrong. So I said, we need to run around the garden. We need to go outside or jump in puddles, whatever it is. And it was a collaboration. We forgot to go out today. Well, I was as bad as her. (laughs) (laughs) We're in this together. But I also do a thing where we call it Dance the Moody's Away. We slap on a song and for the Mm -hmm. three and a half, four minutes, we dance crazy style um, to whatever the random song is and we don't speak or act or talk Mm -hmm. we dance the moody's away and we do that I'm going to tell you at least once a day, but certainly mm-hmm. every day. And I just think when it's all going, you're like, "Whoa, what's going on in here?" Slap on yep. a silly yep. song, it sounds gorgeous, and dance your moody right. I recommend and get the silly. Trolls
3: soundtrack. That's what. Oh, that's we, interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, great I've I, got this feeling. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: feeling that. I was using the Rolling Stones. Yep.
3: I really need to revisit <laughs> that.
0: I'd be more of a Rolling Stone. I'm a cool <laughs> mom. Yeah. yeah, all the
3: music I had. But I, think, I think it is important to mention as well that that, ch- that sorry children will have worries. You know, so there yes. there is going to be children that don't want to go to school one day, and it doesn't I automatically. I every child will say that exactly. at, at one
0: point exactly. or another. Exactly.
3: Exactly.
1: Don't psychopathologize exactly. everything. Exactly. Yeah. So
3: so you may listen to me talking about my eldest and think, oh, that's probably my child as well. Like that, it is more rare than common to have a child that suffers with anxiety, and it's when his worries became more than just normal worries. You know, worrying about going to school or a test or you know an audition or anything like that when they took over his life really yeah. yeah. And I
0: mean, and that's the thing. I mean, definitely not to psychopathologize, to, to question, to kind of be able to tell the difference yes. between moments or, or something that's a real deterioration yeah. that might be telling you. And you yeah. ask
1: yourself, is there context? Of course. Can I explain what's going on here? Is it because they we've been, I've been dragging around with them all day? Yeah. They've had enough. They're done. They're tired. They're running a temperature. Or is it something that's lingering that I can't explain and it's pervasive? It's not just school. Yeah. It's seeping into it's all everything. other areas and their worries are now my worries and yeah. someone else's worries. Yeah. And it's a heightened state that is
0: sustained over a prolonged period.
3: Yeah. yeah. And I think you will know in your ghost, you'll know.
0: And and also just to mention for support at home, if anybody is thinking, oh, what do we do? We'll have links up to, you know, all the different supports that are there. And also I have to I have to get the plug in. Joanna's book, 15 Minute Parenting, is so brilliant for all of these sorts of things because it means, and and actually jo- I, Joanna has not paid me to say this. No.
2: <laughs> She's actually um, looking a little bit embarrassed no, here. So you know, no,
0: <laughs> p- parents don't know sometimes where to go, and yeah. sometimes to read a whole massive yeah. tome mm-hmm. seems impossible. But Joanna's book is, is separated into sections where you literally can just spend 15 minutes and, change. Yeah. and it will improve your relationship yeah. with your baby so your and your kids. So I just have to Thank get that you. in and there. And I think as
3: a final note, just to say that if you are going through something uh, challenging with your child, it's to talk. Talk to your friends, talk to your partner. Just talk about it because all of a sudden you could have a coffee with a friend and say, oh, my little one was acting this way yesterday. They'll say, oh, my God, so was mine. And you go Thank God it's not only me. It's only not only my child. Like that, that I want to sell else. on
0: eBay at yeah. least every Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. But that
3: somebody else is going through and can relate to how difficult your uh, time you're having. Yeah, and and we are can I the, say a final, final, final. Of note. course, <laughs> is that I think it's
2: important to mention that when you are sleep deprived, it is very d- difficult to deal with any behavior yeah. that's slightly outside the norm. Yeah. So I think it's important to remember if you're not getting great sleep or if your kids aren't getting great sleep, it has a massive impact on all of the emotions we just spoke absolutely about there agree. and sometimes you
0: just have to say this too shall pass yeah and also scratch it Tomorrow is a new day absolutely so if it's a disaster mm-hmm. you yeah. have another yeah. day tomorrow yeah. thank you so much as always to my amazing panel i always end up learning so much in these things and i hope people at home can really get a reflection that even with our knowledge we're certainly not perfect mm-hmm. either and we're all just trying to do our best so thank you so much tracy laura and joanna thank you all at home for listening and um, don't forget to like and subscribe and also don't forget to visit family HQ forward slash motherboard for this week's fantastic offer see you next time and have a great day